Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be if a man has committed a sin deserving of death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree. His body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. For he who is hanged is accursed of God. You're, hang, you're hung on a tree? That's the accursed. See, this prophet was going to be cursed. Now, the axe head represented judgment. It fell into the Jordan River, which represented the separation line between promise and condemnation. But the Lord recovered the axe head. It was the Lord's power that did this through Elisha. In other words, Father God raised back up what had been an instrument of judgment. And now that the axe head was recovered, then the debt had been eliminated which removed judgment off from the prophet. And now the prophet was no longer bound as a slave under the law concerning it. So since the axe head had now been restored to him, he was now set free. And the very fact that an axe head floated on water, that shows us that this was impossible. This was something that was impossible to do. But it had indeed been accomplished by the Lord God. So now the prophet could walk with God as a free man. He was no longer bound down. He was able to walk freely with the assembly of believers, doing the work of the Lord and enjoying the blessing of what it produced. Okay, if you can't see the Jesus parallel by now, then just hold on because I'm about to unload it on you, okay? It's important for us to understand why this story played out exactly the way it did. Every element of this miracle has been God-breathed to us because God wants us to learn a far bigger picture than just what's going on in the story itself. This is more than just about an axe head. There's a picture greater than just losing a piece of uh, equipment. There's something big for us even today. You could say good for the prophet, glad he got saved out of that, but there's something for you and me in this as well. Here it is. All of us found ourselves under a huge debt Now, how do we get into this? Like like the prophet, you're just doing stuff one day and all of a sudden you're in debt, you're in trouble. How do we get ourselves into this mess? Romans 3 verse 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So friends, that's how we got in trouble. We got under debt. That sin put us under a huge debt. And just like the ax head that was lost, We lost our innocence when we sinned. Isaiah 59, verse 2, your iniquities have separated you from your God. So friends, remember how the Jordan River was that borderline 
that the Israelites had to cross to come into the land of promise. The axe head fell into the lostness of the water, and so the prophet, he suddenly found himself underneath a big debt that he was now responsible for, a debt that he could not pay. Same for us. Sin put us under an enormous debt that we could not pay for either. Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. And so when the axe head flew off the handle, then under the law, that prophet immediately became accountable for it. He's the one that lost it, and so the law made him accountable to it. Romans 3 verse 19 says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Okay, so once the prophet realized his accountability to such a big debt, that's when he realized he would be dragged off to jail and be made a slave because he just couldn't pay for it. And so, likewise, our sin penalty was too big for us to pay. We all broke it. We're the ones that did it. And so we were all going to be dragged off to condemnation for the sins that you and I both committed. Romans 7 verse 14 says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. You know, friends, today a lot of people, they just don't realize, they just don't understand how much trouble their sin has gotten them into. The prophet understood the trouble he was in. He was going to be dragged away. He was going to be condemned as a slave. People don't realize that about their sin today. If they truly understood the trouble that God's law has put onto them, then they would cry out just like the prophet did when the axe head flew off. Alas, master, or oy vey, whichever it was he said, if people understood the trouble their sin got them in today, they would be crying out just like he did. Psalm 107, verse 19, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. You know what's great here is that Elisha heard the cry of the prophet, Elisha recognized the trouble that this prophet was in, and so Elisha had enough compassion on him to go to him and to look for what had been lost. Friends, I want you to get a hold of this. Elisha wanted to seek that which was lost. Luke 19, verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Friends, I hope that you can see that Elisha served as a type of Christ here in a story that has played itself out as an illustration to point us towards the Deliverer from our own debt, towards Jesus Christ, who had compassion on us for our trouble that we got into. He had enough compassion to want to come and save that which was lost. Matthew 9, verse 36, But when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. See, Jesus has compassion for us like Elisha had compassion for the prophet. So now that Elisha had come near to this prophet, his first question to him was, where did you lose the axe head? Where did it fall in? In other words, he wanted the prophet to tell him just where the offense occurred. Was it way up the river or was it down the river? Was it upstream, downstream? You need to identify and specify 
where this all went down. You need to tell me where this happened. And he had to answer to that question. Friends, Jesus stands ready to save you from the condemnation of your sin. He recognizes the trouble that it has gotten you into, but you are not automatically saved. You must first tell him where your offense occurred. You must first confess what you did and where you did it. Proverbs 28, verse 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Okay, let's think about our story here. Imagine if Elisha asked the prophet, where did it fall? But the prophet said, well, that's not important. That doesn't matter. I'm not going to tell you. It's not necessary for me to tell you where it happened. Just wave your hand and make it rise up wherever it's at. You know, Elisha could have done that. Just wave his hand around and the axe head floated up. But no, Elisha required the prophet to first tell him where. You take me to the place where this happened. You need to show me where this offense went down. So the prophet was required to admit it happened right here. Friends, Jesus Christ says you need to confess first. Jesus stands ready to save you. But if you're not going to confess your offense, your offense, what what's he he can't do anything. He's waiting for your confession. This is a huge point in this story. We have to tell him where the offense happened. Then Elisha would do something about it. You have to tell the Lord Jesus, "Here's where I sinned. Lord, I did this. I sinned. I did it here at this point in my life." At, at another point in my life, I did that. You got to tear out, tell him where up or down the river of your life did you commit offenses? You've got to confess your sin. Huge point in the story because a lot of people today today they want Jesus to save them from condemnation, but what they will not do is they will not confess their sins to Jesus Christ first. In fact, God's law says in Leviticus five verse five, when someone is guilty in a matter that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. Okay, guys, we need to remember about confession. This is big because a lot of you have said, oh, Jesus, just save me. And you think you're going to heaven and you think you're saved. You think the condemnation has been removed and it hasn't. You've got to admit you're a sinner. You've got to confess, Lord, I have sinned. I want, to, I want you to remember the, the thieves that died on the cross next to Jesus Christ. One of the thieves insulted Jesus in Luke 23, verse 40. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Okay, friends, I want you to recognize first. I want you to see what the, this one thief did. He confessed. He confessed first before he spoke in faith, believing that Jesus is Lord. He confessed. Hey, he told the other thief, dude, he goes, hey, we're guilty. We're bad guys. We deserve this hanging. He doesn't. Jesus did nothing wrong, but we deserve every bit of it. We messed up. We're bad. We, we, we blew it. That was his confession, and he confessed first before he said, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. He first confessed. I want you to recognize that order. 
So he confessed his offense, and before Jesus then said in Luke 23, 43, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. So the thief told Jesus where his figurative acts fell deep into lostness. He confessed where he had gone wrong. And so it's just like after the prophet told Elisha, he said it fell in right over there. He specified where the offense occurred. The prophet confessed, here's where I messed up, just like the thief told Jesus, Lord, here's where I messed up. And friends, this is the same thing as you and me confessing to Jesus Christ. Lord, I have committed an offense, and here's right where it happened. And then you tell the Lord the sins you committed. He knows where they're at already. He just needs you to confess it. He needs you to say, here's where I messed up. Why? So that he can then do something about it and resolve the condemnation trouble that it got you into so he can remove your debt penalty. 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So now that the prophet had confessed where he lost the axe head, what did Elisha do? It says Elisha cut off a stick off of a tree and threw it in the water. Well, what was that for? Well, he knew where the axe head was, so why not just command the axe head to come up? <laughs> why throw a stick in the water? Okay, we talked about this a minute. It, the, the tree was used for paying off penalties, so we need to look at the imagery here. That tree, he cut off a stick, part of a tree, for removing a curse of the law from the prophet. Okay, friends, a tree was also used to remove a curse of the law from us. Here's how. In Galatians 3, verse 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus Christ paid for our debt penalty on the cross, the cross of wood. He was hung on a tree. He was cursed there so that you and I wouldn't have to be. That's how he removed our penalty from us. So Elisha threw the stick in the water, a piece of a tree, and guys, he threw it in right where the axe head had fallen in, right there, right where the offense happened. Jesus Christ hung on a tree on a wooden cross, and he hung there right where our sin had fallen upon him. And so the iron axe head floated up to the top of the water's surface, something that was impossible. Friends, Jesus paid off our debt penalty of our sin, something that was totally impossible for us to do on our own. Friends, it's so good that what's impossible for us, God can certainly do. So remember how we read that an axe head or an axe was an instrument of judgment. You know, any tree that did not produce was judged. It was cut down with what? It was cut down with an axe. And so the axe head, this instrument of judgment, was raised back up from the water, as I said, raised back up. Did you, Are y'all getting this, guys? Elisha threw in a piece of a tree where judgment is paid for so that the instrument of judgment, the axe head, was raised back up again. The axe head was raised back from the deep down lostness of the water. Friends, Jesus Christ took our punishment, our judgment upon himself when he was hung on that tree, on that cross. 
and he was buried deep down into the lostness of a grave. But Acts 2 verse 32 says, this Jesus, God has raised up. (laughs) Friends, it was impossible for a metal axe head to float on water, but yet Father God did it. And I'm telling you, it was even more impossible for Jesus' dead body to be raised up from the dead, but yet Father God did it. And when Elisha brought that axe head up from the water, it meant that this prophet's offense no longer had anything over him anymore. He had been set free from a curse. He had been set free from the curse of the law. Friends, when God raised Jesus up from the dead, that's when our sins no longer had anything over us either. Jesus' resurrection is where we have been set free from the curse of the law. Romans 6 verse 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. (laughs) See, friends, this is not just a story about a lost axe head. This is a story about you and me, about sinners who had committed an offense of sin, and so God's law had to put a debt penalty on us, and it was so big that we would never be able to pay it off. But God saw our trouble, and he had compassion for us. And so he came to do something about it. And although God has the power to save us, salvation is not automatic. He commands us to confess first, where did our offense happen? And friends, this question requires us to answer. The prophet had to show Elisha exactly where along the river that the offense took place. And friends, we are required to show the Lord exactly where along our lives that our offenses took place as well. It's called confession of sin. It goes like this. Father, I have sinned against you. This is where it has happened. This is what I did. And I need you to forgive me, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, you just tell the Lord where you did wrong. Salvation is offered to you right now, no doubt. And Jesus stands ready to save you, no doubt. But unless you first admit and confess to any wrongdoing, then the Lord will not raise you up from judgment. He has the power to save you at any time. But in order to be saved, there must first be that confession of, I'm sorry, here's where I went wrong. But friend, once you confess your sin and believe, then your penalty will be transferred over to the tree where Jesus died on the cross. And just like the axe head, the instrument of judgment was raised back up from the deep lostness of the water, so also Jesus Christ, our instrument of judgment, he was raised back up from the deep lostness of the grave. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 14 says, And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. (laughs) Isn't God's word exciting? But friends, there's one more step to our story here, and it's a very big step, even though it's easy to miss. After the axe head was raised back up, Elisha told the prophet, he said, pick it up for yourself. Pick it up for yourself. See, the Lord had done all the work of raising the axe head up. No one, not even Elisha, nobody held their breath and dove in the water and felt around in the mud for it. No, okay. God did all of it. 
God did this work all on his own. It was God's power did all this. And once the work had been presented to the prophet, all he had to do was accept it. Friends, Jesus did the work of our salvation. No one, not even me, no one can dive in to do all the work of saving you. The Lord God did all of that work himself. Now, if you want to be saved by Jesus, you simply need to accept his finished work. Just take it. <laughs> Just take it. Guys, imagine if Elisha had told the prophet, there's, there's the axe head, take it. And the prophet said, no, I'm not going to pick it up and just walked away. <laughs> after all the intense threat of the law's bondage, after all that work to save him to just not take it. I mean, that would be crazy. But that's exactly what it's like when people refuse to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's downright crazy. He did all this work. They were under threat of being condemned by God's law for having sinned, and and you just reject him? Friends, Jesus recognized our dilemma, our trouble, and so driven by his compassion to save us, he stepped in to do something about it, to save us from our trouble. And all the excruciating work that he did on the cross, it was very hard on him He didn't just wave his hand around. No, our sin had to be paid for on a tree. He had to go through a crucifixion to pay it off. And since he did all that work, he made it so simple for us. It was hard for him, but he made it very simple for us to just take it, to just receive it. Jesus never commanded you to hold your breath and dive down into the depths of lostness to try to retrieve your own deliverance. You'd run out of breath and die before you reach the bottom. It's too deep. We could have never done it. Jesus paid it all. Jesus did it all. And he did it all himself for you. And just like what Elisha said to the prophet, I'm telling you the same. Just reach out your hand and take the completed work that has been done for you. Now, I've had people tell me, Ray, it can't be that simple. (laughs) It can't be that easy. I've told people the gospel, and I've showed them in the book and read it, and they could see the text for themselves in the Bible, and, and they go, no, it's too easy. There's no way. I want to show you 2 Corinthians 11.3. says, but I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Friends, yes, it is that simple. It is that simple. Jesus had to make it simple for us because there's no way we could ever do any part of it. There's none of it we could do on our own. So, yeah, he did make it simple for us. Jesus offers you salvation from the penalty of sin, and he offers it as a free gift. But, friend, you've got to confess first where you messed up, where did you do wrong, before you can receive his finished work. So I'm going to ask you, what are you waiting for? Just take it. Pray with me if you want to be saved. If you love the sound of salvation, you can have it. Let's pray. Father, forgive me. Thank you for dying for my penalty to get the law off my back. Thank you for saving me. I receive your gift. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for coming to get me. Thank you for sparing my life. I give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.